Oh my god, it's Movie Bluffs. Hi everyone. Episode 4, Walking in the Door. Am I going to come oh. up with a rhyme for every single episode number? Stick around to find out. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, subscribe to the podcast to see if I end up doing that and fulfilling that. <laughs> Welcome back, audience. This is Movie Bluffs. You've heard of it. Uh, you know it. You love it. I'm Nate. And I'm Sarah. And we're and here. We're here to talk about movies. Movies can be described I, any number yeah. of ways. And I think this episode, we're working to the bone, like the bare minimum of what exactly <laughs> a movie can be. Yeah, I think this is, is, it really is as stripped down as you can possibly use the word movie. This this movie almost is like a TV special. I think it's it, not I think quite it breaks there. our scale. I think it's breaking think our scale so. four episodes in. And I don't know if it's on what end it's on. I don't know if it's on the high end or the low end. And that might be up to the, the viewers, the listeners to decide. Or Fateful us. Findings is the name of this movie. We all know The Room. Yes. We all know The Disaster Artist. Mm-hmm. We all know Tommy Wiseau. Mm-hmm. These are names that are very familiar. Yes. And we know his style. His style uh-huh. is mess, but in the best way possible. Of course. It's, it's the, one of the movies that you take to see, to have your friends over to have a bad movie night. That's The Room. Fateful Findings, the movie we are discussing today, is so much worse. <laughs> Faithful Findings by Neil Breen, an oft um, ignored brother to Tommy Wiseau. Not real brother, but movie brother. It is truly the worst movie I've ever seen in my whole life. And for that, I love it. So let me walk you through the plot. I haven't seen it in a little while. The last time I saw it was like a year ago. I've seen plot it then... here is a very strong word. So Yeah, so. <laughs> let me walk you through um, what Neil Breen scribbled in a fever dream that he woke up in a cold sweat from. Because that's fateful findings. So we open, Neil Breen's character is like a computer whiz. But we open with him and his childhood best friend. And they're in the woods, and they find some magic rock, and then they become magic people <laughs> with magic powers. And then they're like, we're never going to not be friends. And this is our secret magic friendship rock. And now we're together forever. And then the magic rock disappears into thin air (laughs) using the most iMovie editing you've ever seen. And then we jump cut. We don't even, we don't have no understanding of who these people are and why they're in a field and what these rocks are about. No idea. We jump cut. We see Neil Breen modern day. He is a novelist. He is also trying to hack into the CIA to (laughs) leak the president's and the United States of America's most infamous secrets. Why? Who knows? (laughs) Because Neil Breen has a bone to pick with big government. (laughs) And corporations. Don't forget about the corporations. And corporations. You're right. You're right. He's very libertarian. I will say that. (laughs) Maybe Maybe this whole movie is just a Green Party campaign something to think about perhaps so he's a data hacker he's a novelist he's got this wife who he fights and who he pretends to beat up but he doesn't do a good job 
Um, he spills his drinks on her and she's like, I'm leaving you. So she leaves him. Chaos ensues. He starts having fainting spells because he's magic. And he's, he's, he ruins all of his data. There's a scene where he keeps spilling coffee all over the computers. He, he literally takes his cup and goes like, and tips it, holds it up and tips it onto his computer in a fake fainting spell. He ruins his manuscript. He ruins his data hacking. Um, and then his ex-wife's so much happens in this movie. I'm not even tracking it the way it goes in the plot. So his wife slash girlfriend leaves him for another man. Eventually, this man gets shot in a very intense scene in the garage where he's just fixing... Neil Breen kills him. She, he murders him in cold blood. <laughs> and he frames this dude. The, the boyfriend is working in the garage and he's just fixing his car like a man's man. And Neil Brain comes in and he's like, you're going to pay for what you did to me, breaking up my family, me, my wife slash girlfriend, and my stepdaughter, I think. <laughs> and so he kills him. And then he frames it as a suicide. And then there's a scene about uh, his wife, like, leaning over the body and being like, why? Why did you die? He's bleeding. He's... <laughs> and then it's chaotic yelling. And then we get back to hacking. So, you know, listeners... If you're confused, so am I. Because there is no plot in this movie. It just jumps from concept to concept, and none of them really get wrapped up. So we jump back to the data hacking. He's, he's still magic. So the CIA tracks him down. They're like, you're hacking into the FBI. You need to stop that. So he goes on this big, like, long chase where cops are chasing after him, and he's, he's getting uh, searched and like tried to get tracked down for all the intel that he's doing on his fancy old computers. And so he starts running. It's a very classic chase scene. And then he jumps over a building, a whole skyscraper. <laughs> he jumps over a whole building. And then the building gets set on fire. And then he jumps through the fiery buildings. And then it's a whole iMovie edit. And then, oh man, he gets back with his girlfriend. And there's like several really bad, like, half-assed sex scenes and then he ends up having a press conference in front of the country and says i know what the president has done he has done bad things and then somewhere along the way he meets his best friend who is also magic and then they end up in the forest together again with their magic rocks and that is the basic synopsis <laughs> of fateful findings keeping in mind i have not seen the movie in a year like our setup is now nate has yes. seen it recently so i'd love for you to fill in the gaps of the, the manic writing here when i took on this this podcasting role i thought it was going to be an exciting opportunity for me to watch old movies that maybe i hadn't seen or hadn't seen in a while mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and this movie was the longest hour and 40 minute thing I've ever watched. Because <laughs> here's the thing, okay, Sarah, the premise of this podcast, obviously, is that one of us has seen a movie more recently than the other, and then okay. we kind of talk about it, and then we get right. two synopses, one from the person who hasn't seen it in a while, one from the person who just watched it that day. Right. Half of what you described, I don't think is exactly how it happened <laughs> but also i have no idea <laughs> that's the maybe that's the magic of fateful findings all along every maybe time that's you the watch magic it, rock it's, it's a different movie 
because the seats just rearrange themselves. I was gonna say what like one of my comments while I was watching it was you could play these scenes in any order and it would make just as much sense. <laughs> exactly. So it Which opens. Which is why I picked this movie because I was like, it's gonna be a good discussion. So it opens. So it opens, of course, with the two children in the woods, which is not really a woods. It's more of a field with some trees, but they're in California. What are you going to do? They, camera focuses on a mushroom. The little boy says, look, a mushroom. The mushroom is there in the screen. Um, They pick up the mushroom. There's some magic shit under it. Um, And then the kid's like, I'm going to take all of this magic shit. And the girl's like, don't leave the box empty. That's bad luck. And he's like, okay, fine. And then the girl takes some stuff and is like, I'm going to make a bracelet with this. And then they leave. And then the camera focuses back on the uh, mushroom and it grows, the mushroom grows back magically. Um, And that's like the first scene of the movie. And it, and it takes maybe 10 minutes uh, out of my day. I keep getting derailed, but every single shot of this movie, it looks like they took, like they did multiple takes in one camera. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't feel like stopping the cameras and doing a take over. Right. Um, but they didn't cut it either. So like you'll get people <laughs> delivering the same line over and over again. Like, uh-huh. oh no, he's dead. No, he's dead. <laughs> with different emphasis emphases like, on like random words it's like oh no he's dead <laughs> and it never gets old no it um, doesn't it doesn't so the next scene is this man uh walking home from work i also want to point out they obviously didn't have a huge budget for extras so oh, almost no. every single crowd scene is just people's like feet and lower legs oh yeah uh, it's like which the crew wild. So he's walking home from work. He's talking on the phone to his wife, I guess. And he drops the phone, like, in the most unnatural way possible. Yeah. <laughs> Leans down to pick it up, looks, and then gets hit by a car. Oh, that's right. He's in the hospital. In oh, the my hospital. God. I completely forgot about that part of the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. And that's the second scene. That's, he literally gets plowed and he gets I'm, I'm smeared on the pavement by this car the there's the mysterious figure comes out of the car uh and like goes down to touch his hand to like i guess give him hope or something and <laughs> the hand has the bracelet on so you're like oh that's the girl he must be the boy because we're given no other real context other than he's holding a rock um but if you know rocks you know that they're pretty basic like it's mm-hmm. it's hard to tell a rock from a rock anyway <laughs> so he's holding a rock she's got the bracelet you're like oh these are the same kids from the intro scene he's lying on the ground and his phone is still on like his wife was talking to him and she's like hello answer me answer me hello hello answer me and this goes on for like three or four minutes for so long it doesn't need to we get Mm -hmm. it he got hit by a car like okay (laughs) anyway he gets taken to the hospital Mm -hmm. he gets taken to the hospital um there are all these like effects of like wind which is is kind of like hinting at these magic (laughs) abilities that he's got like are connected to the wind somehow it's never really fully established what his abilities actually are but he heals from the hospital wounds very quickly and he 
kind of checks himself out of the hospital and just walks home and then gets in the shower and his wife's like, honey, you're home early. And there's like a gratuitous scene of, of just him in the shower, the water is running and it's just a shot of his leg with like copious amounts of blood, like running down (laughs) his leg. Like he's got to go back to the hospital if that much blood is. And then his wife comes into the shower with him and he's like, help me. And then the scene of them in the shower together is also too long. Every it's like scene supposed in this movie to be like a long. sexy scene. Yeah. And but it's like he's bleeding. He's like bleeding out and she's like, mm, let's shower together. Also, I don't like making fun of people. But they have no chemistry. None. Like all of the sexual <laughs> scenes. None. No chemistry whatsoever. Like every single kiss is like a it's, it's like, like trying to touch as much as little lip as possible with still <laughs> being a kiss. It's the worst. That's the best way to describe um, it. So he's bleeding out in the shower. And now I don't know where it goes from here, but I think it's interesting when you were describing um, the scene where he and his wife get into a fight, mm-hmm. that is something that happens between his best friend and his wife get into a fight. No like way. It's an t- entirely different couple. <laughs> My and brain is like filling in holes <laughs> like, to make a normal plot. It's yeah, like, you wrote that doesn't a- make, I wrote a better movie in my head of what I saw. So, his best friend, the best friend character is Mm -hmm. an alcoholic, and you you get the sense that he's an alcoholic, and, like, he's drunk all the time. Mm -hmm. But he's never, like, actually drunk. He's either, like, totally sober-seeming, like a regular Mm -hmm. actor, or he's, like, doing that, like, acting one thing where you're, like, going way over the top with the drunkenness. And you're like, hey, listen, listen, listen. Exactly. I like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and so him and his wife are fighting because he, uh, you know, wants to be more intimate with her. And she's like, you're drunk all the time and you don't even care about me, you bastard. And then she mentions that they have a kid and the man says, oh, you mean your stepdaughter? Which confused the, the daylights out of me because... As far as I'm aware of how stepchildren work is that one of the spouses has a child yeah. that the other spouse did not participate in. That's and so correct. it's that spouse's <laughs> stepchild. So yes. if a husband says to a wife, your stepdaughter, the husband is referring to his own daughter, daughter. Right. Unless right. there's a third party that I'm not told about. Um, and someone just has custody of his child. Like, and that was a, a, also a terrible part of the movie, but the whole thing was bad. Anyway, so they're fighting and the girl is is the stepdaughter of someone. She's like listening to her parents fight and she's like, <laughs> sad. He's like, they're going to get a divorce. <laughs> um, and so I don't know what else happens. Uh, Neil Breen yells at his wife for having a pill addiction that isn't really ever addressed. Like, oh yeah, she, she back like and just forth between recovery and like descent. She just like has pills in her like her like end table, right? Like she's just like mm-hmm. popping Ambien. Neil Breen goes to two different uh, therapists, uh, but doesn't tell one about the other because I think the other one is like a spiritual magical therapist. At one point, to get his wife to like calm down and do sexy times with him, he like throws all of his. Uh, papers and like laptops on the ground 
to like make like oh yeah that environment <laughs> of like oh we're just gonna be fooling around and i'm i'm done with night my novel i'm done with my hacking into the government and then also his best friend whose name i don't know i'm just gonna say johnny because i don't care yeah. and so he he is also having a bad relationship with his wife because he has alcoholism mm-hmm. and then neil breen's like let's have a barbecue so they have a barbecue around the pool mm-hmm. um neil and his best friend and his wife and his best friend's wife are all talking and they're like we're so glad we could do this barbecue and the stepdaughter is there also i guess and she like I can't tell if this is during the barbecue or like sometime after, but like she just goes over to Neil's house and uses the pool with no bathing suit on. Oh, um, I think it's during the barbecue. Like I think it's meant to be during the barbecue scene. Like she skinny dips in broad daylight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Neil's yeah. like, get out of my house. You can't keep doing this. It's inappropriate. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> which is just a wild thing to put in a movie, frankly. Right. Like what's um, your purpose? Anyway, the barbecue happens. Uh, Neil runs into a woman who has a bracelet, much like his old love interest from when he was eight. Mm. He immediately falls back in love with her mm-hmm. and is like, I still love you. Again, bizarre. Um, and then we don't see her for a little while again. Then Neil yells at the stepdaughter for being naked in the house. <laughs> um, and then the best friend character is trying to fix things with his wife uh they're both sleeping face down in their bed which is mm-hmm. an awful way to sleep um and he's like please talk to me and she's like i don't wanna and he's like okay i'm gonna go work on my car in the garage and so he goes to Uh-oh. work on his car in the garage Uh-oh. and then she comes into the garage and she's like you care more about this car than me and he's like what and she holds up a gun and is like That's right you bastard and then just shoots him in she, the like, head him like in cold he- blood yep she says, I'm going to shoot this car full of holes. He says, no. The way she oh, says it wild. is, I'm going to shoot this car full of holes. And yes. then he goes, no. And then she goes, bang. And then he goes, oh. <laughs> and then blood gushes from yes. his skull. He acts like he's been hit in, in the chest. Right. And then a few scenes later, like a we few see- shots later, we see blood coming out of the side of his head. Mm-hmm. Um. So she's like, oh, I can't believe I just shot my husband. And then somebody's stepdaughter. Some girl. Comes in and is like, dad, dad, no. And then there's like a, a three minute scene of the, the woman like holding her daughter back. Like, no, don't go to him. Call the police. And yeah. she's like, my dad, dad, you killed him. You killed him. The woman is like, oh no, what are we going to do? All the while, Neil is standing at their front door. Literally. let in. Um, so the wife runs to him, puts the gun next to him and is like, he killed himself. He killed himself. (laughs) And then Neil is like, I can't believe you committed suicide. I can't believe you committed suicide. That's right. I can't get you out of this one, buddy. He literally says, that's his full line. (laughs) I can't believe you've committed suicide. I can't believe you've committed suicide. I can't get you out of this, this one, buddy. Oh my god! So, so funny. We don't hear from any of those characters again—the wife, or the, or the daughter, or the best friend—except for at one point, like tw- with twenty minutes left in the movie, 
like the daughter comes over to Neil and is like, he didn't kill himself. His, my mom killed him and framed him. And Neil's like, you have to go to the police as if she hadn't already. Like, okay. Anyway. um, So now it's just about Neil and his fiance and his like eight year old childhood best friend or whatever. He cheats on his fiance pretty quickly with this childhood best friend with a bracelet. Mm-hmm. And when he gets back, she has overdosed on pills and he w- runs up to her on the bed and is like, no, wake up, wake up. Like slapping on her face. Yeah. And like, you know, she doesn't wake up. She's been She's deadified. <laughs> so then Neil is like, I'm tired of it or something. He goes to like, a meeting place in the desert with these people who can teleport or something. Oh my God. This yes. like fade in, fade out effect. Yep. And he's like, should I be afraid? Should we be afraid? They don't answer. Hard cut to him in front of a green screen doing a press conference for America. <laughs> um, and he's like, I, and he's holding his little rock. <laughs> and he's like, here I have all the documents all the evidence, all the truths. Cut to same like green screen background. It's a group of like senators and business people and stockbrokers and such. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of like standing around like, oh man, he's got all our secrets, I guess. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> he's just he continues monologuing about all the information he's got. Mind you, he hasn't released any of it to the public yet. He's just talking about right, it. Right, he just has stacks of paper. Just He's just talking about it like they know. <laughs> And he's like, you are going to be so scared and afraid, but you should be afraid, these corporations. And then there's like a montage of senators and business people and stuff, like standing in front of like some kind of testimonial and being like, we did lie to the American public. That's right. We did lie to the United States and also the world. We are ashamed. And then like, like every single one of them who was in that crowd of people offs themselves in a different way. Like one of them is like, I'm so ashamed. When you elected me, I told you I was going to represent you, but I didn't do my job. And then he like holds up a gun, like while he's still standing there. He's like, I'm, I'm doing this for you, America. Bow. <laughs> and then another one is like, I hope who you elect next will do a better job than I did. And she sits in her car in a garage and turns it on. And then there's a shot of the exhaust. exhaust, And that's it. Like, I'm going to put a trigger warning on this episode because one of them is like, this guy just is like, I was a stockbroker and I screwed all the corporations out. And he's, and then it cuts to him sitting in a bath with his wrists open. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, big trigger. We have to trigger warning this episode for sure. I I forgot about, I literally edited all of this out of my brain because Mm -hmm. I was like, this, (laughs) no, my brain must have said, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Get rid of it. So it did. So yeah, it's like a series of um, making themselves not be alive anymore. And Neil is still giving his like bizarre speech of like, this is what they don't want you to know. And then there's a sniper coming out of the bushes with a gun and he like fires and then Neil looks and then it cuts back to the sniper and it looks like the sniper shot himself, but like at the trajectory of like it bounced off or something. 
his again his powers are not ever explained in any meaningful no. way it's just no, kind of like his, his rock yeah he he recovers from injury very quickly he writes a novel he hacks into the government and then the movie's over and i always watch through the credits obviously and obviously. my credit takeaway for this movie is an interesting one okay Typically credits, um, you know, have the producer, the director, the actors, and then, you know, the crew and the costumers and the special effects people and the craft services people. Half of the companies that seem to have been hired for this movie Mm -hmm. for craft services, for special effects, for visual effects, for casting, seem to have been made up by Neil himself. No, because, I've never seen the credits, so... Because at the end of the credits, like, after them all, yeah. there's a disclaimer that says, any company with either a capital N or a capital B in it is entirely fictitious. This work was done entirely by Neil himself. No way! So how many things have a capital N and a capital B so for Neil Breen? <laughs> he casted the movie himself. Obviously, he didn't go through a casting agency. Obviously. He, Crap, he did the craft services. He didn't go through, you know, provided donuts. He did apparently the visual and special effects. Yeah, that he, makes sense. He was the music engineer somehow. That's my credits <laughs> takeaway. So, how many do you have like a number of like, uh, was there any real companies that were involved aside from the actors and Neil? Or was it just Neil and the like five actors he hired? I did not take an exact look. I didn't really write anything down, but it really does seem like this was like a personal project that he like just kind of special. did himself. That's so crazy. Like, I'm going to Passion project. This. Isn't it nuts? It's a crazy movie. It's, it, it fully broke our scale, I think. Um, I think so. I think it broke the scale mostly because I didn't realize that I edited the movie in my brain to make more sense. And now that you have relayed the actual scenes that I was recalling, how they actually went and in the order in which they went, none of it makes sense. (laughs) And I'm sure that I missed a few things too. Because half the movie, like, okay, I just Googled because I want to discuss this point. What is the the meaning like what what is you know you have to have like yeah. like in a play or something you have to have like a meeting and you have to have like a purpose to the, to the thing like an ultimate like what, what did we learn it was called um moral perhaps. yeah yeah like what what's what are you trying to say what are you trying to talk about and i was good I, I really quickly as you were recapping was like what's the meaning of <laughs> people finding um and i found a blog and uh, the first photo is of neil breen and his wifey yeah, right after, in the scene that you described, like, the second scene where he's in the shower. And I completely forgot that he had a full face cast. So, he's in the shower with his wife, and she's like, "Oh, you're so sexy. While he has a full, like, Squidward before Squidward becomes, fan- like, sexy Squidward. Like, that kind of face cast in the shower while he's bleeding out. So, that's this, that's what kind of movie this is. Also, we completely brushed over the fact that he just passes out. Like, did you notice that? How he just, like, ruins his, like, papers and his, because he just will pass out. Yeah. Like, and there's one scene where he's holding his, and he goes, oh, and he falls asleep on his keyboard and dumps, like, water all over his keyboard because he goes, oh, and, like, lands on his arm. And when I was watching that, it looked like he was hesitant at first to mm-hmm. spill it. And I was like, babe, how many, how many of these are you going to do? How many takes said, are you going to do with this? Right, right. Like, he just said, just commit. 
this laptop I bought from the Salvation Army was expensive. <laughs> it did really well at the San Francisco Film Festival, I guess. Or SIFF? What is that? There's, okay, so I'm going to read. This is from blog.scarecrow.com. So this is a personal blog. This is someone advocating for the cult status of Faithful Finding, similarly to The Room. They want it to be as well-recognized and hated and beloved, right? says, there's this fascination to be had here about Neil Breen and his films. Movies. The most important thing to get across about him and his movies, there we go, is that he is truly passionate about what he does, and each film he makes, he tries to make better than the last. Jean-Luc Goddard said himself, in order, who is a big film man, in order to criticize a movie, you must make, ha- you have to make another movie. Breen truly wants to make the best film he can make, and he is proving it to his fans and new filmgoers alike. It would be very easy to watch one of his movies and dismiss him as the next Tommy Wiseau or put him in a category of filmmakers who purposely make midnight movies. Uh, But the difference in Wiseau and Breen is that is one of drive and passion, not desired commercial success or brand recognition. Uh, This writer says, I, for one, am hanging on Neil Breen's latest developments. Truly curious. Jumping ahead. In Fateful Findings. You'll find yourself strung along as you watch seamless links. Seamless is the the word that this, this person chooses. Between a fatal accident, strong spiritual mystic powers, a failing marriage, true love decided at eight years old, a love triangle, another failing marriage, a drug overdose, a murder conspiracy, a social justice hacker discovering the truth by hacking the government's mainframe via numerous blank screen 20-year-old laptops, (laughs) and a hyper-successful novelist gaining even more notoriety by appearing before the American people delivering a statement denouncing the political system. Neil Breen has crafted a true American classic by masterfully melding everything great about American dramas, political thrillers, and godlike superpower character narratives. This is from a man called Andre Couture, and he runs blog.scarecrow.com. So I guess the moral of our story is that Neil Breen's purpose or intent behind the movie was to make a truly American movie that includes action and mystery and heroism and drama and superheroes i guess that's my only takeaway because there is no other explanation besides this man is doing some very heavy drugs (laughs) and this was his passion project off those heavy drugs well there you have it folks faithful findings we at movie bluffs are all about equity and fairness in our country and we highly encourage you to vote. Visit vote.gov and get registered today. We can't wait to see you at the polls. And if we see you, maybe we can discuss Neil Breen. I really hope we don't have to. We're back. We're back. Against our better judgment. Yeah, probably. This movie should lay to rest in its grave, but we're going to keep digging it up like grave robbers, and we're going to discuss it some more. So as we discussed previously, this is a Neil Breen joint. This is a Neil Breen exclusive. This is a Neil Breen passion project. This is, this man did everything on this movie, which we can only assume means he cast everyone. I am so curious to know what they're up to. So in the commercial break, I was looking into the cast so Neil Breen plays Dylan. That's our main character. Young Dylan is some child actor who's probably doing something. I don't know. His best friend, the other girl with the rock bracelet, her name is Jennifer Autry. Jennifer Autry, her name is Leah. 
mm-hmm. was the character's name. Uh, she did a movie called Dragon Day in 2013. She also did one called After Romeo and Juliet. Recently, uh, doesn't look like much else. It says on her IMDb that she is a professional spokesperson and trade show presenter. She began her modeling and acting career at the age of seven, 11. Excuse me. She has a degree in communications. And she did an infomercial for the internet paycheck system. So she's a spokesperson and a trade show presenter, which sounds about right. You know, she's securing her bag. She's happy, I hope. Yeah. I mean, but not everyone's going to be famous, right? Not everyone's going to be famous. people just got to work. Right. Sometimes you just take a job and you say, all right, I'll take this job right now. And then you find your passion in trades, work, and showmanship. Um, Emily who I think is his wifey. I don't know. She is played by Clara. It looks like it says laundromat. I know it's not. Clara Landrat. Her name is not Landrat. Miss Landrat plays his wifey. Clara Landrat. Yeah, that's his wifey. Recently, according to her IMDb, she is an, oh, I shouldn't make fun of her last name. Uh, It's a Polish last name. But my last name is Witisha, so I think I can make fun of Polish people. Um, it's pronounced Vietaha in Polish. So, oh, she was in Zoolander. Wait, she's a writer? Okay, Miss Landrat is actually very interesting. So it says on her IMDb that she is an actress, producer, writer, known for such movies as Zoolander, which is a very famous and very popular movie. She was a writer on that. That's very interesting. Oh, never mind. In Zoolander, she was a model and was not credited in, in the production. So I take it back. Miss Landrat is uh, doing what she can. What a roller coaster we've been on this episode. I really thought that she was like the most successful of the cast, aside from Neil Breen. And I was like, wow, that is very exciting for you. Turns out her most famous works were Ratatouille and Flushed Away. Oh, that's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> she was not Ratatouille or Flushed Away. It's just because her last name is Landrat. <laughs> I, I get it. Allie, which I think is the stepdaughter, is played by a woman named. It is the stepdaughter. Danielle Andre. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. And it looks like she's still working. Oh my god. Okay, she was on Kicking It, which is a series, I believe. She was in the Good Luck Charlie Christmas movie. That is so funny. She was all okay. So she does a lot of Disney and like Nickelodeon stuff now. She did Kicking It, which is a Disney show. She did the Good Luck Charlie Christmas movie, which I have seen and is a really good Christmas movie, by the way. Um, she did a Nickelodeon show called 100 Things to Do Before High School. Um, she's currently filming a TV movie called Drug. And, oh my god. Oh, never mind. She was in a parody of a Takashi 69 and Nicki Minaj song. She was Carly in Kicking It. Oh, she was in The Goldbergs, which is a TV series, I think, on ABC. Um... And what was she? Okay, she was a cheerleader in Good Luck Charlie several times over. And a cheerleader again in Good Luck Charlie, it's Christmas. So wow. that's what she's up to. So I'm not seeing any blockbusters for Fable Findings just yet. No, I want to know what Neil Breen is doing. There is no profile picture for him on his IMDb. Um, there is, however, an ad for the new Borat movie. He did a movie in 2018 called Twisted Pear. The plot is identical twin brothers become hybrid AI, artificial intelligence entities, yet torn in different directions to achieve justice for humanity. I don't know what that means. There are some verbs and nouns missing in that sentence. 
he plays a character named Cade, and he puts a beard on as his Good. brother. So okay. he's he's himself, and then his brother, he has a shitty stick-on beard. So that's what Neil Breen's been up to recently. Well, that was a very So that's good, what they're up to. Yeah, a little catch-up with the cast of um, mm-hmm. Neil Breen's Fateful Findings. What was your favorite scene in the movie? It's a tough one, because there's so many good ones to pick from. There's <laughs> just so much quality content coming from Neil Breen. <laughs> I liked when he had just fought with his fiance or wife or whatever. And mm-hmm. then he was sitting in his office and she walks in yeah. and she's like, I'm sick of talking. And he says, <laughs> Oh really? Stands up, throws all three of his laptops on the ground. Yeah. Draws her close, like grabs her and pulls her in mm-hmm. and is like, why don't we kiss? And then they start like ripping each other's clothes, like actually ripping. Like, like I always physically thought that was destroying metaphor, their clothing. But like they're actually destroy. Like the costume department was like, well, I'm just kidding. The de- costume department was Neil Breen himself. I was gonna but, say like, Neil Breen in a Salvation Army clothes, <laughs> and it's like anyway. Neil is like, we have to get tearaways. If anyone can find tearaway pants at your local Goodwill <laughs> or Salvation, it was just so nonsensical and out of nowhere. What was your favorite? I like that. Oh boy, there's so many to pick from. I really liked the scene where the best friend, the man, he uh, gets framed for his own suicide. I really liked that one. And also, because I think it's really funny because his daughter runs in and she's like, dad. And his wife is like, no. And she's like holding her by like the elbow. Like she's grabbing her in such a like half-assed way. And then Neil is like, no. And we see the blood pool. Like someone in that scene, someone definitely stood behind where the camera could see them. Like out of the shot, had a packet of fake blood. And then Neil said, blood go. And then the blood, they pooled it all at once. Like his whole brain was empty. (laughs) Onto the concrete at once. And it's in front of this beautiful car. There's also a scene at the pool scene where I think Neil is walking along the edge and nothing particularly happens except he's, he's talking about how we can't talk about his CIA. Like he's hacking. He's like, I can't talk about it like into the CIA and the government. And the whole scene, I remember being like, he's going to fall in. He's going to fall in. He's, he's too close to the edge. He's going to, and then he doesn't. So it's just Neil Breen just stupid, like walking on the edge of the pool and like not noticing in the shot. Mm-hmm. But the whole time I'm like, he's going to do it. He's going to fall. He's, and then he doesn't. I just think that's really funny. And then finally, when all of the senators just off themselves in yeah. like such nonsensical ways. And like you said, he hasn't proven anything he's said. And these people are like monotone, like I have done you wrong. I am going to lock myself in my garage now. And start my Honda Jetta. And I can't, like, that was literally the last <laughs> 10 minutes of the movie was an entire so dark. montage. Like, literally. Uh, it was the it was horrible. It's so um, dark. What do you hypothesize is his purpose? Because we never really figured it out. Like, what's his overarching theme? I think it's like he sat down and was like, if I had magic powers mm-hmm. where I could do anything, what would I do? And then yeah. he wrote that. And That's a good point. I think that's why it's so convoluted is because he just kept having ideas and trying to squeeze it in without like rewriting anything before. I would agree because I think his, as you were re-explaining it, I was sitting there and I was thinking, I was like, oh, so he's trying to make Dylan, his character, the most likable and like desired man on the planet. Mm -hmm. He has a minor pining after him who he has to physically stop from wanting him because obviously that's, Mm -hmm. she's a minor. Mm -hmm. 
and he he'll he'll show several suicides but he won't cross that line no 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 <laughs> His wife is, like, so in love with him, even though he refuses to give it back to her, that she kills herself for him. His best friend's lady is also in love with him. His former childhood best friend is in love with him. He also has magic. He is just simply the most desirable man who also is working, air quotes, for the people. And also, he's a libertarian. It's like if Edward Snowden were written by an, a libertarian incel, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Like, that's the best I can I can say. No, I... <laughs> the libertarian incel. That would explain a lot of the kissing scenes. Dear listener, you're probably itching to know what we rate this movie compared to Flubber. And I would like to congratulate Neil Breen's Fateful Findings for being the first movie that I think we can both agree is being rated worse than flubber oh absolutely yeah it's it's definitely Um, way down there (laughs) and so that's going to change our whole rating scale going forward obviously because it's in all categories the protagonist isn't as likable as robin williams there's no cgi dancing green guy with a fat ass there's no honestly there's no flying car there's no hijinks there's no hijinks um it's we just have death and the realization that our government doesn't work for us so congrats i guess congratulations to neil breen he's done it he is beneath flubber which i think is deserving do you believe that despite him being in the bottom Mm -hmm. thus far Mm -hmm. do you believe that he deserves the cult classic title i'll say this i don't think it's his fault that he's at the bottom i think if he had a writing staff if he had you know a studio Mm -hmm. backing him if he had literally anybody to tell him hey neil maybe do a rewrite on this one if he had any of the resources that are our modern our paramounts our 21st centuries our disney's had maybe this movie would have been better well but let me ask you a question you and i as college students know how to create those resources for ourselves so is his intentional lack of resource and lack of people telling him editing or helping him out with this movie does that make it better because he intentionally said no 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 this is perfect this is a masterpiece and I'm going to run it completely on my own. I think, That's a good point. despite it being horrible, gives it some credit. Just like The Room. Just the like worst. The Room. But there's not a pseudo-documentary starring James Franco about it. Which does make The Room a film, which is why we will not be reviewing it. Um, no, and everyone's reviewed The Room. But no one's reviewed Fateful Findings. That's not true. You referenced Curtis Connor and Danny Gonzalez in The You're right, episode, I did. So. <laughs> okay but podcasters the world hadn't heard what sarah and nate had to say and now they have and world i hope you were entertained you're welcome world you're welcome so dear listener you may be wondering what movie we're going to be reviewing next well we do recognize that it is the scary season it is october it is the halloween time Mm -hmm. Um, scary skeletons yes i even have my halloween mug right next to me and Sarah has revealed some information, which is that she's never seen the first live-action Scooby-Doo movie. I have not. I know we've discussed this previously on the pod about my lack of retainment of Scooby-Doo. I've seen a lot of Scooby-Doo episodes because one of my friends from childhood 
her brother was obsessed with Scooby-Doo. Haven't seen a single Scooby-Doo movie. Not one. So next episode, Sarah will be watching the Scooby-Doo live action movie from 2002. And we will be discussing a very good Halloween movie. Well, thank you for listening if you're listening. Thank you for watching if you're watching. And as always, here's to good movies. And here's, and to, here's bad movies. to bad ones. Bye. Bye. Bye.